0: Two things I wanted to bring to your attention. Do you remember that one of the words that were in the amplified version for respect was to notice him? Do you remember that? Well, let's talk about what the opposite looks like. When you notice, you're paying attention to them. Did you know that there can be a real problem that just comes naturally from our sin nature. That's all I can say. And it's something that's called Gaze Aversion. Now, a couple things here. Number one, when my husband disappoints me, and that's maybe sometimes putting it nicely, but when my husband disappoints me, or angers me, or makes me mad inside my natural propensity is to get away from him have you ever been in the car when your husband disappointed or angered you and and you found yourself clinging to the door nobody but me right right (laughs) everybody has done that well that is a form that's a form of polarization and it's what men and women do when we are not happy with our spouses naturally that's what happens with my sin nature just naturally propelling candy forward and i was taught in graduate school that when i'm in the car and i want to hug the car door god is calling me to move towards stan and maybe put my hand on his leg Now, I must tell you that personally, that is the last thing in the world that I want to do. But God is calling me to do that. And so, do you know what I do? I say, okay, Lord, inside. And I move over and I put my hand on his leg. And I realize that my job is to move toward my husband not to do the natural thing which is to hug the car door or the side of the bed and we all know what we're talking about here now do you see your sin nature at work now if we keep doing these kinds of things how easy is it for us to move towards divorce ah piece of cake so let's take a look at this other concept we were talking about noticing the opposite of noticing him in all of its gory glory is gaze aversion and when I first learned about this only a year or two ago I was appalled because I understood it immediately and I'll bet you all do too when I am disappointed or just in general not crazy about being around my husband the last thing I do is look him in the eye i'll look anywhere else and it's called gaze aversion and it's one of the most destructive things we can do to our relationship i never even said a word and i'm practicing with my eyes gaze aversion so girls if you catch yourself ever by chance and boy i saw it in myself right away averting your gaze from your husband what do you think God's calling you to do give him direct eye contact now this is on my husband's good points list in the little corner that's the things candy must be careful about I pray about it every day Lord help me to not practice gaze aversion to keep my eye focused on Stan and you know what then I do It's amazing how the Holy Spirit helps me when I have taken the time during my quiet time in the morning to bring up to Him the things I have discovered that I don't naturally tend to do and maybe I do the opposite naturally. And God help me to be this because this is what you're calling me to be that does not come naturally to candy. Now I just know I convicted everybody in the room. But I'd like to finish off by telling you an amazing story that follows perfectly with what um, Pam just told you about in in your class, uh, in your lesson on um, respect. She was talking at the end about how when we as, as wives are behaving the way that God's calling us to, then our husbands can relax. And then they can start to actually hear the Holy Spirit speak to them. It's remarkable. It's almost like with all of the resistant behaviors that the world teaches us and our sin nature naturally is prone toward, it puts in our husbands a white noise machine. And they can't hear the Holy Spirit. All they can do is resist us. And when we back off we changed the dynamic dramatically, And when I was in graduate school, we had to have half of our session in small group. And I happened to have, in my first year, this guy by the name I'm not going to name his name. Who knows how this could ever get around. But I had this guy who was a Fortune 500 president, and I knew him because I knew his wife. And they had moved away. And in church, he was the guy that was always like the ghost husband. He came to church, he was somewhere in the back, and you never saw him, and he disappeared. And the wife was a wonderful, godly, lovely wife. And guess what? She wound up, apparently, taking the same graduate program I did a few years earlier. And the husband was so impressed that he decided he was going to take the program, too. Now, here he is in my small group, and he is telling us how he was impacted by his wife becoming who God was calling him to be. I couldn't believe I was hearing it with my own ears, a man telling us his experience. And so, apparently, his wife was challenged by her small group about doing everything for her husband. And you know, it's very easy in our marriages to do this. The husband abdicates and the wife says, well, somebody's gotta do it. I guess it's gonna have to be me. And so then this particular wife was completely managing the home, doing all the bills, running after the kids in every regard, and disciplining them. And who knows what else? And the husband did nothing. He preferred to be a Disney dad. He bought his 16-year-old son a red Porsche Carrera. Just take it from there. So at any rate, he's telling his story. I knew that part because I had seen it happen in the flesh. But he's telling the story. He said, You know, uh, my wife was always doing everything. And I have to tell you, he said, I came to faith when I was in college, but I kind of liked backing off and observing and not engaging within the family and not, not engaging my relationship with Jesus Christ either. And my wife was keeping all the balls afloat in our household. And she stopped. And he said, at first, I was really mad about it, and I was angry with her that she wasn't doing everything that she's done for the past 25 years. And then, she very nice and kindly said to me, Well, I'm sorry, dear, but I do think that these these responsibilities belong to you. And no, I won't be doing them anymore. And that's where she left it. And he blustered and blustered, and then over time, she still wasn't doing the things. And he didn't say what the things were, but we could fill those in easily enough on our own. And then he said, you know, I I finally realized, well, maybe I'm going to have to do them. (laughs) And so he slowly started taking responsibility for things within the home that he always should have. But to be fair, she made it so easy for him to abdicate those responsibilities to her. And so he said, and you know, he said, after a while I just felt better and better about myself. And, and I started to take responsibility for the way that I was not parenting my late teens, early twenties kids. And I started to realize that I needed to engage with them. I needed to stop giving them everything. And I needed to um, involve myself in their lives. And I felt better about myself. He said, and then of all things, here I am my whole life sitting in the back of the church and, and exiting as soon as the service is over. And I start to think, I want to have more of a relationship with Christ and he gets more into having a quiet time and getting into a men's group and then, before you know it, he's an elder within his church, totally involved. Now, and he said, and I just love my life and I'm so glad my wife did that. Now this is what it looks like. And my own first husband, this happened with him, but I was so dumb-cluck, I didn't pay attention until later when I looked back on it. And that was, this was this guy, and this was Ed. And it could be a husband or two that belonged to someone in this room. But before his wife started working on becoming who God was calling her to be, and not who in her mind she thought she should be, he was like this, just kind of hunched over making it through life. And when it came to his wife, he was like, resistant. And there was a white noise machine, unable to hear the Holy Spirit speak. But as she became more and more the person that God was calling her to be, he started to feel so different about himself. He was being respected, and he was not being nagged, and he started to stand taller. Ed was the same way. Stood taller and taller, And then he started to be able to hear the Holy Spirit speak to him. And he responded and he became a man like this. And it was incredibly attractive. My Ed was incredibly attractive and he went on to become the uh, head of the mission board at our church and a deacon himself at the church we were in. And everything changed over time. And this guy is telling us the same thing. He is now this guy, not just this guy when he's working as the CEO of a Fortune 500 company, but this kind of a guy in his home. Which by the way, who we are at home is the real truth about who we are. So I just wanted to tell you that story because it was so amazing to me to actually hear it out of the horse's mouth. You're gonna find, oh, if I can just give you another thing to really make you happy. Toward the back of your, towards the very back of your um, packet, there's something called Proud Spirit's Humble Hearts. And it basically will say that this is what a proud spirit looks like, and this is what it looks like when we're humble. And maybe I should just, read one of them to get you started. Proud spirits, unbroken people, will focus on the failure of others. Humble spirits will be overwhelmed with a sense of their own spiritual need. So you'll find as you go through these two pages that it's very challenging. Sorry to put that on you, but it's valuable. It's helping us, once again, to understand ourselves better. I hope that you enjoyed the upward and the downward spiral in last week's packet. Boy, I'll tell you, I told you that that week five would be the depths of the hardest part of this whole course. And I'm gonna help you to see it even more right now. But it's gonna be way easier after this week, okay? The downward spiral. She tries to usurp his power and get her own way. So he feels disrespected and emasculated. So he treats her as an adversary or competitor. So she self-protects, fills her own needs, and closes him out. So he feels unneeded, unimportant, belittled, and disregarded, and then you can just keep going in the downward spiral from there. Anyone ever noticed that? I'm really good at it. You're the only one in the room who's really good at it. Now let's look at the next page at the upward spiral because this is our goal, and it means leaving the world and the world view far behind us. This is the upward spiral. She follows her husband's headship with voluntary cooperation. So. He feels respected and empowered. So he cherishes, loves, protects and serves her. So she admires, respects and prefers him even more. So he feels like a hero and he loves and honors her even more, treating her like a queen. And it's this upward spiral. And I observed that happening with Ed and me the interesting ways that the holy spirit inspired ed to love me better and better as i was learning to be what god was calling me to be to ed it was very nice i really enjoyed being on the receiving end of that and i don't know that i expected it so girls do any of you have any laboratory experiences this week that you would be willing to talk about and I will make sure that you remain nameless for anonymity's sake for the video. The great news is that you never really fail when you fail. Feel like you failed because as we ask the Holy Spirit how could I have done this differently and you already have the answer. Now your job is to cut yourself some slack because it was the time of the month. And the reality is, that is a reality, (laughs) okay? But in the most most perfect of worlds, you would have switched and traded Mm -hmm. and gone down and that means you're abdicating a very precious thing to you which is spending time at bedtime with your daughter and you're saying, okay, Lord, I'm letting this go so that I can honor my husband. And we're not going to go to the places that make us mad because by golly, it was right where I told him it was. We're not allowed to go there. Okay, Lord, I'm just not going to let myself go there. And so I let it go rather than torque myself up the way I could so easily go. But the reality is if I did do that, it would be all pride. It would be Candy needing to build Candy up and show that I'm bigger and better than he is. And so this is a great learning experience. A really good one. And, and don't you kick yourself. Instead, be grateful for the opportunity to observe it and to learn from it because I guarantee you knowing that you're going to go to the Holy Spirit, He is, at a time like that, He is going to help you to remember this newly imprinted experience and help you to go the best way. Oh, and by the way, the time that you didn't get to spend with the baby, God more than takes care of that. And nobody's going to miss that. And you're not going to allow yourself to because You're doing what God's calling you to do. So we don't dwell on what I didn't get to have. We just don't even go there. And that's where you're headed. And in the midst of where that's now going to go, your husband's going to feel respected more than ever. Because he's going to realize how stupid it was that he didn't find those keys. And he's going to think, she didn't throw it in my face oh i'm so grateful. What can I do to show my appreciation? So it was a great learning experience. Thank you for the courage yes, to share it that's what I you know I so appreciate when you're willing to have the courage to share because then we all learn so it's an act of love for all of us when you're willing to share
1: well and I'll say one quick thing after being with my grandchildren and um, their children that is the worst time of the night yes you know that bedtime the h hour you've, you've worked all day you're just wanting to kind of bring that to a close and emotions are extra high right then
0: that's right girls i learned early on because my husband worked 24 7. i was it i didn't have my husband coming home at five o'clock to cut me a break or whatever And so I learned at four o'clock, four o'clock was an important time to me to go back and regroup with the Lord, to cover me during the H hours, I called it, of the rest of the day until my kids were asleep and I could finally crash. And how in the world can I do it and do it so I please you, Lord? I need a ton of your energy (laughs) is what I need. And you're, you're right on it there. You absolutely are. Thank you for that. Anyone else?
1: I'll say one quick thing. Yes. It's not really a, an anecdotal story, but um, what I've noticed as I work on kind of good characteristics, um, many times it's a flip-flop of the things that I don't like about him. For instance, um, on page 48, insight into myself, what are my husband's qualities that I respect the most? He's a very gentle, very quiet um, person. That often drives me crazy because I want a little more kick, a little more, um, yeah. And he's also a really kind of slow thinker and slow processor, and there are times when I want that quick, quick answer, come on, can't we just make this decision, can't we move ahead? And hes he doesn't show a lot of emotion, and um, that can be great in, in many tough situations, but as the wife, sometimes I want a little bit more. So I'm kind of seeing that the things I like about, that I like, that I love about them are also it's the push and pull that you just kind of mentioned.
0: You know your husband sounds like he's an introvert Mm -hmm. and you're an extrovert Mm -hmm. and you're a woman so you have Mm -hmm. twice as many words inside of you to come out Mm -hmm. by virtue of being a woman that a man has and it is helpful for us to understand that that our men are, are going to if they're quiet they're thinking And they think before they speak which is a very beautiful thing. You want to hear anything they're going to say. Us, we run on at the mouth. Do you necessarily want to hear everything that we have to say? I don't know. Sometimes. So it's something that we can appreciate in our husbands and once again when you do the Myers Briggs you are understanding how he is wired differently than you. And in the ways that he is the same as you, you still have gender differences, which are going to be interesting. And so everything for us is in the learning to understand our husbands. And the other piece to it is learning to understand what God's calling us to be to that husband. And my bet, and I'm making a bet on this, is that as you are learning to apply You've got five lessons now to get under your belt of the 10. As you are learning to apply them and learning to do them following Jesus' feet, you have no idea who your husband's going to be. And my bet is that the things that bug you are going to go away. Partly because you will understand him better and not have a spirit of demandingness about things, because that's what we tend to do. And partly because he's going to be freed up so that he can then say, gee, you know, she could use a word from me right now. I think I'll say it. Mm -hmm. It's going to be amazing. It is amazing how our husbands respond when we are not reacting. Mm -hmm. But when we are reflective responders, which is our goal now. So our goal And I pray for this every day. It's one of the things on my list right over here. I pray for God to help me to be a reflective responder. That means rather than knee-jerk reaction candy, instead I am saying, Lord, how do you want me to respond to this? And partly, he's much of the time reminding me to go back to a lesson, and that's what I call you to be. Okay, that's what I better be, Lord. Help me. That's where we're headed. And it's incredibly powerful and incredibly exciting because every single place that Jesus Christ takes us is so worth it. Very exciting. I had so wanted to read to you, just for you, Psalm 139. Just a piece of it. And I'm going to be reading it from the Passion Translation, the TPT Translation. Just for you, okay? This is 139.1. Lord, you know everything there is to know about me. You perceive every movement of my heart and soul, and you understand my every thought before it even enters my mind. You are so intimately aware of me, Lord, You read my heart like an open book, and you know all the words I'm about to speak before I even start a sentence. You know every step I will take before my journey even begins. You've gone into my future to prepare the way, and in kindness you follow behind me to spare me from the harm of my past. With your hand of love upon my life, you impart a blessing to me, This is just too wonderful, deep, and incomprehensible. Your understanding of me brings me wonder and strength. Where could I go from your spirit? Where could I run and hide from your face? If I go up to heaven, you're there. If I go down to the realm of the dead, you're there too. If I fly with wings into the shining dawn, you're there. If I fly into the radiant sunset, you're there waiting. Wherever I go, your hand will guide me. Your strength will empower me. It's impossible to disappear from you or to ask the darkness to hide me, for your presence is everywhere, bringing light into my night. There is no such thing as darkness with you." And I could go on and on, but I'll leave that for you girls to read. But do you hear his love for you? He knows all of what I just read to you about you and about me. And he still thinks we're the greatest thing we ever that ever happened. <sighs> Let me pray for you. Father God, thank you for this outrageous, incredible love that you have for us. It's too huge for us to even imagine, but our hearts are so grateful for it. So now, Father God, I pray that you will bless All of us this week with all the blessings that you always wanted to give us if we would just ask. I pray that you will help us to jump off the cliff and trust you and find you faithful. I pray that you will keep us far from evil so that we don't cause you or anyone else harm. And Lord, I'm going to ask all of these things in your most precious name, Jesus. Amen. Have a great week, girls.